The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. How are you communicating with friends and family during this time of social distancing? Maybe emails, maybe it's texting, Zoom, FaceTime. We heard Mia talk earlier about FaceTime. She was using that a lot to stay in touch with her friends. Well, the U of A has launched an online survey to learn more about how you're communicating with loved ones. It's all being done to figure out the impact on your well-being and with the hope the information generated can help healthcare professionals in the future. Dr. Andrea McLeod is the Chair of Communication Sciences and Disorders in the Faculty of Rehabilitation Medicine at the U of A. She joins us this afternoon to explain. Dr. McLeod, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, you must have a business card that's bigger than most to get that full title on there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Maybe we can start with what the purpose of this research is. And I'm guessing, you know, you're kind of looking at the change of of everything over the past seven months and thought, or seven weeks and thought, this might be a really, really good opportunity to latch on to maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity to do this kind of investigation. Yeah, well, I think it's certainly we're hoping that it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, but also <laughs> we're trying to understand that our baseline is for our um, how people in the community are talking with each other th- through this time and how it's um, how we're talking with friends, how we're talking with family, and how, depending on who we're talking to, how that might have changed um, or impacted our, our well-being, but also our success with that communication. Uh, and what we're hoping to base with this baseline is to the next step is to speak to people who have communication disorders whether they are uh, younger individuals or people who are uh, who, uh, older adults who have had aphasia for example and really bring the two pieces together to be able to better understand how to support one another. Uh, Dr. McLeod, your phone is breaking up just a little bit. So if you're moving around, I'm just going to ask you to, to maybe find one spot or it just could be the weather that's moving in right now. I'm not sure. Uh, but you're just breaking up a little bit. Um, in one of the articles that I was reading, it said that you're hoping to learn more about this relationship, this communication relationship, about how it can help us better respond in times of crisis. What does that mean? Can you explain that? Sure. I think at the moment the change has happened so suddenly that what we're trying, uh, what we're aiming to do at the moment as individuals is just to be able to keep in touch. But we may be focusing on what works for us rather than what is helpful for those that we're speaking with. Um, So when we're communicating with grandparents or older adults, uh, we may be using technology that we're more comfortable with without really looking at whether that works better for them. I, I know this is very, very early into taking the survey and that sort of stuff, but I'm wondering just maybe from your um, from your from your perch, from where you are and, and watching this, can you offer any insight or any thoughts so far on how you think uh, the change in the way that we are communicating is impacting people right now or what you might expect to see? Yeah, so um, we are seeing that it's uh, in our preliminary data is showing that our um, communication with uh, people's parents or friends are 
going relatively well, but perhaps communication where we weren't used to using um, uh, video chats or other means of communication are being less, people are less satisfied. So for example, with grandparents, people are feeling that those communication exchanges aren't going as well as they would like. And that might be because mm. typically we speak with them in person and now we're doing it uh, either over the phone or through video chats and people aren't used to the technology. Yeah, I, I mean, I think for some people, it's a matter of, of getting used to it. They've not used it before. My mother-in-law, we just got her all set up on <laughs> FaceTime. And, you know, it's some days I'm just talking to her chin. Sometimes I'm talking to the top of her head. I can't necessarily see her face. And so, yeah, that has been a bit of a, a bit of a challenge. And when you try to, when you're communicating, it's nice to see someone's face and their reaction and have that mm-hmm. eye contact, isn't it? That really plays a role in it. It does. And I think that's the piece that we're typically able to get over the course of a week or a a few weeks when we are able to speak with people. But right now we're relying only on these other means of communication without using the in-person. And I think we have to, we're getting more and more used to it. So we're becoming better users of these different uh, technologies. But I, I also think it's challenging to be able to get that information. And sometimes a person, if we're meeting in person, they, they can't hide the way they respond or their, their thoughts. But with some of this online, you know, you can turn off the camera, you can, um, uh, um, you know, just cut off the conversation early. And it means mm-hmm. it's harder maybe to maintain these, these, um, these links. What are your thoughts on the fact that we're not having as many um, in-person, like face-to-face chats anymore, except for maybe the person that you're, you know, uh, self-quarantining with or self-isolating with? What kind of impact do you think that that might be having just on, I don't know, society right now? Yeah, I think the I think we see how important communication is by how much we've we've been reaching out. So I think people have been trying to avoid, have been feeling maybe a bit, a bit of the isolation, and then reaching out more than they might have done normally. Um, so we hear, you know, people have talked to friends they haven't talked to in a few months or a few years, uh, reaching out that way. So I think there are going to be some positive parts, part of positive outcomes, but I think there's also some challenges of just um, being able to, to just get used to this new way of communicating. Mm-hmm. Dr. Andrea McLeod joining us this afternoon. And yeah, as you mentioned, with uh, we're seeing more people just reaching out and checking in, which is something that we didn't do when we went to the office every day <laughs> and we saw the people that we worked with. You know, you checked in that way. But on a regular basis, I get I get text messages from my colleagues saying, hey, how you doing? Hi, how you holding up? Which, you know, is is different, um, but it's beautiful and, and it's wonderful. And in, in, in this time, it, it feels really nice. It feels like there's still a connection, a connection there. It's, have you been surprised with some of these acts of kindness that we've seen as a part of it? Okay, I want to check in with someone. I'm maybe going to deliver a homemade loaf of bread and leave it on the front yard or on the front step and then take off. Have you been surprised by that at all? I think, I guess I'm an optimist, so I think that's, that's, part of our our way of reaching out to those that we're close to and if we can't do it with you know a kind word or a smile we'll find another way to do it
You have uh, said that uh, you and your team hope to provide suggestions to speech language pathologists and healthcare mm-hmm. professionals on which communication strategies are most helpful to whom and in what setting. Explain that to me. How would we take what you're, um, you know, bringing in on this survey and then turn it around and use it? How would a speech pathologist use it? How would we use it in yeah. um, in a in a hospital setting or something like that or or rehab setting? Yeah, well, we're um, leading into speech and hearing month in May, and part of this information will help us understand uh, if we're looking to improve our communication with uh, older adults in our lives, what are some strategies that seem to work better for that age group rather than uh, for peers? Uh, So that's the kind of information we're able to get. And rather than thinking, well, really using all kinds of communication is better than just one, perhaps it's actually better for, um, uh, for example, for an older adult to just focus on video chats without worrying too much about emails and the phone and other means and just getting really um, uh, improving that mode of communication. Because in that sense, they could get uh, the visual feedback from seeing the video as well as hearing your voice. So you get, if you have some um, hearing impairment, you can still capture what the information is. <laughs> and, and it would be interesting, I, I'm thinking right now in some of our long-term care facilities or people mm. who are in hospital right now who are, aren't allowed to have any visitors, but you're you're desperate for some sort of contact or communication. This is something that we could use in the, for, in, in you know, down the road to say, okay, well, maybe, you know, given A, B, and C that they might like this and we can yeah. provide that for them exactly. and, and to allow that conversation. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. So the survey, I actually took the survey today and uh, it takes only a a couple of minutes. It doesn't take very long. Where can people, where can people find it? I think the best way to access it is by uh, putting into the search engine, uh, like Google MFL. So we're the Multilingual Families Lab and Survey COVID will bring up the page either at our uh, rehabilitation med. Uh, medicine faculty or um, okay. more directly to our, our website. Yeah, interesting. Um, how are you communicating these days with your loved ones? Is it FaceTime? Is it Zoom? What is it? <laughs> We're using a, uh, a range of the different <laughs> types of video chats. It kind of depends on what people are more comfortable with. And yeah. uh, some of our family lives uh, overseas, so that's actually our, our main way of communicating. So we're used to doing it with them over video chat. It's uh, some of our other family members where it's more challenging, but we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. McLeod. When do you hope to have, you know, a, a take on these survey results and uh, and something moving forward with what you've learned from it? Yeah, we're aiming to keep the web the uh, web survey open for the month of May, but we're hoping to have be able to share some preliminary results by uh, by mid May, so probably in the week of May 11th. Okay, well, we look forward to seeing what they say. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Great. Well, thank you for having All me. Right. Yeah, you betcha. Dr. Andrea McLeod joining us this afternoon. Again, an easy survey, and it's just kind of figuring out how it is that you're communicating given the social distancing that we are in right now and uh, asking, you know, what are you using? Are you using FaceTime? Are you using text? Are you using the phone? Um, And I think what was interesting about it, too, is that it broke down, you you know, if you're talking to this person, 
are you using this, but what about these people in your family? So it gives you the opportunity, uh, for example, like I text my husband all the time. He's in the other room. I will text him. I'm not going to FaceTime him, but when I'm talking with CBG these days, it is always FaceTime with my family. It is FaceTime with my friends. We've had a couple of, uh, you know, Saturday night, uh, you know, shenanigans, just sitting around talking and, and maybe sharing dinner and a, and a glass of wine. I think we used house party, which I'd never even heard of before. But, um, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting if you can find somewhere down the road and figure out what works best for what person and and, and can and, and and we'll be able to apply that in maybe different clinical um, um, in cl- in clinical circumstances you know for maybe someone who is in long-term care or someone who is working with uh, a speech pathologist I think that's kind of cool